Welcome. Welcome, everybody. We're here with uh, session two of our preparation for Affirmation of Baptism course, and glad to have you joining us again. Uh, what was the recap? What did we talk about last week? Man, if you remember last week, we talked just about what's the Bible. What is what the Bible? Are, that it was a library versus one book. We talked lots about what was in it, that lots of books, that they were things like history, law, prophets. We talked about uh, letters, used, gospels. Letters, gospels. We used the word Torah, mm -hmm. God's law. So we talked about all of those pieces, all the different parts yep. of the library. Written so. over time by yep. all sorts of different people, right, that yep. were kind of recounting their own experiences of God and, and sharing that. So yeah. We believe that also God inspired them to do. Right, yep. So... What's on the menu for today, then? Well, tonight we're talking about why read this big library at all. Why should we care as people of faith and Christians to read this library of books that's, for practical purposes, 2,000 years old, really? Um, more. More than that, it, right? yeah, right, like, for a lot of it. So, so I, why should Can we... I find a newer yeah. edition? Can't <laughs> I find some updated, you know, Bible or, you know... Some different some, scriptures, yeah. Maybe something a little more consolidated yeah. and concise. I mean, I feel like I actually hear that question um, or that reference to the Bible pretty frequently, something to yeah. the effect of it. It's, it's outdated, it's old-fashioned, it's irrelevant right. you know, today. And so I guess that's why we're having this conversation yeah. about the, the why. Right, right. Um, as, as you're preparing for affirming your faith, living a life of faith, why should you read this? Mm -hmm. Have you I think thought that, about that before? I think most Christians have this general sense that they're supposed to. Right. Like they should know the Bible. <laughs> you should. Because it's the Bible, um, you know, but... And actually ask them why. I mean, maybe you'd get a vague response, yeah. I think, along the lines of, oh, uh, to know God or, you know, to be closer to God. But uh, why, Pastor Chris? Why this book yeah. that's thousands of years old and, you know, sometimes a little outdated and, you know, yeah. not relevant? Well, right. Or if, and if you're like me, why read this? And then you think, well, because I should. Yeah. And then you feel. That's, which isn't a very good reason. It's like, not because then you feel guilty when you mm -hmm. don't. Right. So, so think about, like, one piece of it is church people have been reading this for 2,000 years, looking back and seeing the stories that, of people that encountered God. Mm -hmm. So right, right, you have, we talked about the prophets and about the law and about history and all that stuff. So this is stories of people encountering God in history. Right. And experiencing God in their particular time and their particular place, which is amazing because then when we read their encounter of God or their particular um, experience of God working in their lives, you get to make the leap then that God works in my life too. Right. God's active in yeah. our history too. It's mm -hmm. all connected. So mm -hmm. that's, I mean, just at its base level, that's why you should read it. Yeah. You can see how God's working in, in time and space. Yeah. I mean, history. and I th do think sometimes we think of God as outside history, you know, apart from, from time right. and space. But, right. I mean, this whole library, um, yeah. you know, witnesses to the exact opposite, that God is, in fact, active in history, which means God is active in our history uh, as it is right. ongoing. And in a real way, I mean... I know you brought it up last week. I think if you didn't, it came up while we were preparing. 
um, like the Psalms, for example, mm -hmm. that was the worship book of God's people. Yeah. So they sang. They didn't have their red ELW. Right. They did yeah. not have a red, green ELW, whatever uh -huh. yours is. They didn't have praise and worship songs on the radio. They, they had the Psalms. But yeah. what's awesome about the Psalms is it, it allows us to learn and experience what I always like to call the lang a language of faith, mm -hmm. where people in the Psalms cry out to God and they're mm -hmm. angry. They go, why have you forsaken me? Right. It's the language, it's what Jesus cried out on the cross too. Well, that was a, that was a thing that they cried out in worship. So why read the Bible? So mm -hmm. you can learn how to talk to God in, in a real way. Yeah. That you can talk to God in a real way. Right. And that's such a beautiful thing mm -hmm. to know. And that that's not just asking God stuff or praising God, that these, this was a real thing. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, a, a real thing, real people as we talked about, and real relationships with, with God. And I think that each one of these relationships, I've sort of been thinking about the Bible as it's all of these different authors and people that have yeah. put this together, crying out, look, God's here. I found God. And, and here it is. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, none of it is the whole picture, right? right. It, you know, God is, is bigger than any of our individual imaginings or, and our concepts of God. But each one of these, and this is really what fills this book, yeah. as I understand it, are just glimpses of, of God. Yeah. I found God here. And, you know, you jump to another book or a different psalm, and it's, and I found God over here. And so you read through the psalms in particular, and you have Psalm 22, which Jesus is quoting on the cross, yeah. saying, why have you forsaken me, God? Right. You know, and, and then you flip to the other psalms, and it's my God, how great you are. God is my refuge and strength. Two radically different experiences of God, right? Like right. opposite ends of the, yeah. the spectrum. And yet, they're, they're both here. Right. Um, and how much in between? Yeah, you know, that brings up, uh, I mean, an interesting point or an interesting thing I've experienced just as a pastor. And so if you're, as you're watching, see if the, check this with your own heart and see if this works that often people want to read the Bible and look for an answer to a particular question that mm -hmm. they have, yeah. which might be something like what you're saying mm -hmm. um, or what I hear you saying is, who's God? Yeah. And then you open up the Bible. Well, gosh, if you open up the Bible to... The uh, mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. Right. Awesome. That's an answer. Thank you, Luke. Good. Good job, Luke. But if you open up the Bible to something like... Joel, mm -hmm. or you're, you're going to find out God story. looks terrifying. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. But yes. then you get to engage that story and learn about a part of God. Mm -hmm. And, I, and that's, that's a good way to think about it, is that there's all sorts of pieces of God in here. Right. Revealed fully in Jesus Christ, which we move to the end, but you get to see that story of God all the way through history leading everything towards Christ mm -hmm. and a revelation of love. Right. In the meantime, we get to explore that whole journey of people. Yeah, so. there's that, that continuity there. Yeah. You know, you can see the connections between these different glimpses of God yeah. that we might get. In the same way that we talked about how in the Bible, you've got all of these different books that are part of this larger library, but there's also a singular story. There's, right. there's some consistency that you can, um, can see there. And so I think that's the balance. And it is important to remember that, you know, we have all of these, these pieces, and they're part of the whole, but none of the individual pieces are the whole. Um, and it's easy to sort of take, like, I mean, and, and we do it. If, if I'm saying the example is, this is our scripture writer right. saying, here, I found God. This is my experience <laughs> right. of God. You know, it's very easy to, whether we're looking at a single verse or I'm thinking about my own experience with God, yeah. to say my experience is the experience and the only experience, and anyone else 
well, your experience isn't right, legitimate, right? Or I, yeah. But these are all just glimpses of the one God who, who is beyond any of us. I always get really suspicious and skeptical and on edge if someone's like, well, the Bible says. Yeah. Because usually what follows that is one single verse taken out of context to make this broad statement about who God is or who I'm supposed to be or, yeah. you know, like, but really that's all of these little pieces, little glances of, of mm-hmm. who God is um, that we need to recognize. Like right. just one, one sliver. Of yeah, it. and that, that helps us see when we see that, that piece of God and that encounter with God, that helps us then just see God's presence in our own life mm-hmm. and, and make a connection there and realize that we're all connected, mm-hmm. that God's connected to our story and we're connected mm-hmm. to God's story and that's all part of it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. So what you just said, though, brought up, uh, I guess, another question for me or another another really important part about, like, why read the Bible? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned already that sometimes we come to Scripture and we want to have an answer to a question Mm-hmm. And we've already th- kind of maybe think we know the answer, and yeah. then we start looking and finding right. texts, and we're like, well, this text sounds good, and it sort of proves our point beforehand. But often we come to the Bible with questions. Mm-hmm. W- what do you think about, about that? Let's talk about just, I got a question, the Bible is the, in my answer book. Uh-huh. W- w- what's that sound like to you? How does that feel when I say, the Bible's my answer book? It's... I think that the trouble for me in that is that while I believe that there are answers in the Bible, um, I believe that it is answers, plural. Um, And it goes back to the same idea of having, you know, all of these different people with different experiences of God that have come to different encounters. God God has revealed God's self to people in different ways. And so in the same way that I don't think any singular experience is the one God in its entirety— I think that you're getting glimpses of little bit answer uh, of answers to any question that we may sure. be asking. You know, I think you will find different answers to pretty much any question you ask, sort of scattered <laughs> throughout here. Right. And it's sort of wading through all and maybe recognizing sort of the the points of consistency that you know we can, you know, sort of begin to start piecing something together. But the other thing that I think happens and is is maybe what we're invited when we start asking these questions is is the questions change. Um, And we start asking different questions. Um, What I've always found, and this is um, both exciting and terribly frustrating, (laughs) but uh, since I started, you know, studying the scriptures seriously, I mean, that's what I studied in undergrad, as I think I mentioned last week, and it was a whole crisis of faith, faith. But part of the crisis was that I found that, like, every time I thought I'd found an answer, it just, like, Questions, questions just splattered yeah. all over the place. And it was just this mess. I mean, and it's this this infinite unknowing of like, there's always more, always more, always more questions. And if you're wanting that singular answer, yeah, that's, all, that's terrible. So like, it <laughs> might be possible for us to say then that, um, why read the Bible, that to find answers might not quite be a full, a full response to that question. Mm-hmm. So should I read the Bible or not? I'd probably have to advise against it, frankly. <laughs> yes. Good. I mean, so, so why, though? Like, right. We, I, I, only, I only partially joke. Frank, uh, 
We're I joking. do joke, but, but seriously, we're obviously encouraging you to, to read the Bible. But, you know, it's only a partial joke in the, this sense that we're talking about the Bible as an encounter with God. Yeah. Not an answer book. Right. You know, not, you know, like the place where you're going to go to to prove yourself what you already right, know right. and just want sort of proof that you're right. Because the Bible is used to do that all the time. Yes. And, you know, if you're looking for proof for pretty much anything, you can find a verse that's going to do it. Right. Um, but if it's not that, if it's what Why you know, read we believe, the Bible? it's yeah. an encounter. We're reading the Bible to encounter God. Shouldn't we expect if we have a encounter with God that that is somehow going to change us yes change and transform us when when we joke about we advise against it it's because we believe in faith that holy spirit speaks to us Mm. god talks to us through the word so when we read the bible we literally encounter god and god's Mm -hmm. grace and get to also encounter us and so Mm -hmm. questions might lead to more questions we might find answers but ultimately Mm -hmm. we really do get to hear from our lord mm-hmm. th- through what we what we read here i know martin luther always said that scripture is the cradle that holds the christ mm-hmm. child meaning that when you mm-hmm. read this thing jesus is supposed to come alive to you yeah and so it almost rather than bring a rather than bring some whatever random question that you want a specific answer to and then look for it think about who's jesus and who am I, mm-hmm. and start reading this, and you'll start to discover that you're a person worth encountering. Mm-hmm. And so God talks to us. But when you say transformed, I think that's important because you should come to Scripture expecting that God wants to do something in mm-hmm. your life. Why read it? So that God can do something mm-hmm. to you, yeah. for you, with you, yeah. and, and transform you like that. And I think that's a totally different mm-hmm thing that's why this is sacred yeah in that sense yeah i i think that you know you talk about the living and it kind of goes back to sort of that starting point about this you know book that was written thousands of years ago i mean and that's true as we talked about but read it because we believe that it is alive yeah um, that it continues to speak do you have your hebrews yeah i do i do i so and um it really you know gets at that but this idea that it isn't something that is just static or stuck in the the past right it's right. something that continues to speak and i guess you know in a very practical um you know way i i experience you know we follow this lectionary where we hear the same stories yeah. every three years and some of them even more frequently than that and isn't it amazing how like you and i do this as preachers and you come back and you read this story that you've read how many times before right. or you're sitting in the pew and you've heard this story how many times before and bam there's, there's something completely new. Yeah. That's actually one of my favorite parts about having a colleague, like being able to work together. Like when Eric and I talk about scripture, almost always mm-hmm. I see something new that I wouldn't have seen unless we would have talked about it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So listen to this verse and just hear it in the context of what we're trying to teach you that the Bible, we encounter God. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit joints from marrow it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart and before him no creatures hidden but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account and suddenly scripture is talking about the word of god as this Mm -hmm. but as jesus the word right that's doing something right it's both and always we encounter christ and jesus and the word as 
as a person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so this is more than just pages. Why read it so you can see? That. What I like about that that verse is it does seem to have even the images that the yeah. author chooses. There is that edge of danger to it. Yeah. I advise against it. I mean. Cutting, double-edged <laughs> sword, piercing, you know, naked, like, yeah. it's, you know, it, it's getting at this, this idea that, you know, this isn't something to just, you know, sort of wander into, you know, too lightly. If you are expecting to encounter God, which is certainly what the authors of Hebrews is asserting, you know, and is, are we, like, Expect that to be something meaningful, yeah. that you could walk away very changed by it. Um, and part of that, I think, is about posture and coming into that. One, that's a very different way of thinking about it, right? Encounter right. Yep. God versus finding answers. But taking a step back from that in terms of our own posture, if I'm coming up with an, with an answer, looking for an answer, it's like, that's me closed right. in terms of, yep. Yep. You know, of what I'm looking for and what I'm bringing, and I'm, I'm on my mission. And I think that what probably the better posture is you know, is, is as open as, as possible to, you know, enter into, you know, whatever you're reading in the Bible and say, what do you, what do you got for me, God? Yeah. You know, how do you want to meet me today? And I'm, I'm going to try and be as open to that as, as possible. And that's awesome because that means you get to bring what's going on in your life to Scripture. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like full circle back to lamenting, praising, celebrating. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Gosh darn it, Lord. Why am I, wasn't my, that's, that's all in here and mm -hmm. Christ meets us there. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's, that's a beautiful thing that God wants us to be engaged in that real way. Mm -hmm. And I would keep thinking about what a professor of mine said at seminary about, and he's talking to pastors, right? So there's all these pastors and our professors telling us that you don't have to be an expert in the Bible mm -hmm. as a pastor. And what he meant was this is a library filled with so many things and so much knowledge and wisdom. Like you can't be an expert in all of it. The he seminary would, professors are not experts on the whole exactly. thing. Exactly. Like, they're, they're always yeah. experts in like one thing. And yeah. he just said, as a pastor, just be an expert in one book mm -hmm. or one subject in scripture and through that expertise mm -hmm. your heart will get to explore so many different things and, and i think f for you as you're listening to this and we're saying why read the bible it's a daunting task to look at this it's physically heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's big, right? And, and as a student, you're going to come and be like, why well, study the Bible? It's going to feel like there's so many things to learn. Mm -hmm. I love to encourage people to like, just over the course of the year, whatever, read all four of the Gospels, find when you like the best, and spend the rest of your life mm -hmm. there in Scripture. Yeah. And not feel like you have to learn everything, but read something. Mm -hmm. Don't be put off by like, why read this? It's too big. Just read something. Yeah. I mean, I think the way you can God will sort talk. of flip that is if what we are, you know, suggesting is true, that, that God is, is living in this word, that yeah. this thing is, is alive, um, it means that the living word, God, is not restricted to the words on the page. Yeah. And it means <laughs> that, you know, I don't need to get the whole thing to, for God to encounter me, to have it right. all memorized or, you know, to be an expert in everything that... You know, you could sit with, with one particular story. Say the book of Jonah. I love the book of Jonah. But it's only four chapters. <laughs> You're it's crazy. Short. It's short. I mean, I, I just think that it's challenging on sorts right. of le levels. But, you know, the point is, you know, you could really dive into that 
four chapters long, short story, familiar, but you keep reading and going deeper and deeper, and if you believe that God is part of that process, then you're not going to exhaust God because it's right. only four <laughs> chapters long. <laughs> right. And, you know, which is why you have some spiritual ways of reading the Bible that read the same yeah. thing over and over and over again because the faith there is that God's presence is beyond. It transcends yeah. the literal words on the page, which can be intimidating right. if you look at surely how many of them, but we're not ultimately see seeking the words themselves right. we're seeking the god that is you know beneath and the author with them yeah yeah and, and we i mean that's why read the bible because you'll find god and you'll realize that god's found you and that's so beautiful mm -hmm. and exciting so i'm gonna ask here and um if if i don't read the bible yeah true okay you know you don't so you're a christian does, you don't read it okay. yeah does that make me a bad Christian? Because, I, I mean, I could see, like, I do not have the whole thing memorized. Right. I'm not very, very good with, like, script verses, you know, and saying, I mess this up is the what, order of this the is what First Chronicles 7, yeah. 3 says, right. like, no, I can't, don't do that very well, you know, you know, and I don't think most of us do, but, Kay. like, if I don't read the Bible at all, am I a bad Christian? Okay, so answer that question for yourself in your head, how you feel, and then I'll answer it. If I don't read the Bible at all, am I a bad Christian? You know what, I'm, I'm not actually going to say yes to that. What, what I would rather say is, why wouldn't you want to? And, and then open your heart up to what God wants to do in your life. I don't think you're a bad Christian if you don't read the Bible. I think you're a lacking Christian. Mm -hmm. You're missing something. Mm -hmm. You are missing the opportunity to encounter God, but you're missing an opportunity for God to encounter you every mm -hmm. time you don't. Yeah. So that doesn't mean that every morning you better get on your knees and read your Bible for an hour. It, it means that ask yourself, why don't you care? Mm -hmm. And then you might start to realize, well, maybe I'm afraid or maybe I'm nervous or maybe I don't think I'm worth it or suddenly that's a different kind of thing. Yeah. If you don't read the Bible, you're a bad Christian. No, you're just, you're not a bad Christian. You're, you're missing out on realizing how much of a beloved child you are. I think that question, am I a bad Christian, you know, whether it's applied to the Bible or a <laughs> lot of other things, you know, it's coming out of a place where I think, you know, we all find ourselves from yeah. time to time where our faith has become a list of tasks that we're yeah. supposed to do. Um, and if we do them, we're good. And if we don't do them, then we're right. bad. Um, right, as right. opposed to what I think we're, we're really trying to encourage is that this is not a task for Christians to do, yeah. to read this, this book. Um, it is an opportunity to grow closer to God or right. for God to grow closer to, yeah. to us. Um, and if we're people of faith, you know, that believe that that God is real and loving, why would that not be something that we want? Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, to yeah. be closer to that God that, um, you know, offers those words of love and hope and affirmation of who we, yeah. we are as human beings in spite of, you know, all of the mess that we also right, are right, as human right. beings. Because I, I love, the Bible doesn't pull punches about that part of us. Right. Know? I mean, we, you can say Jesus entered our story, loved us, died for us while we were still sinners, and say all the, like, religious words, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they'll all be true. And they will all apply to your life, and you'll never lose them. Mm -hmm. But you'll continuously miss out on the depth of them the, the more you stay away from really exploring them in Scripture. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's a, I mean, that's a good place to end, I think, yeah. as why read this? Why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's why pray. wouldn't you want God to talk to you? Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your gift of the word and the way that you encounter mm-hmm. us in it. The way that you've encountered people who have sought after you throughout history. And so we trust that you will continue to encounter us. And I just pray that everyone that is participating in this would um, open themselves up to this gift that you have given. Um, Open themselves up to uh, receive whatever you have to to offer them through uh, these words in this living word that you have given to us, and that they would be blessed by that, that they would be affirmed in who they are as children of God, beloved by you, um, and that they would be uh, led in their daily lives uh, with the confidence that you are with them. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for spending time with us tonight in in about 15 seconds. Next week, we're going to be pointing uh, our our time towards um, the The law. law. So just we'll we'll explain that term, but we'll talk a little bit about law and gospel and we'll be moving in that direction. So have a good uh, a good uh, evening, I guess, if you're watching this tonight.